everyone, my name is Dave Nixon and welcome to the Alpha Theta Flow podcast. This is Flow 774 and I have Kyle Weber back with me again today um, as we discuss, I don't know, more stuff that we more find stuff. interesting. Yeah. Um, this sounds like it's my first podcast ever. When I just <laughs> love that you can count to 774 and keep track of it. I would have messed it up at least 773 times by now. Yeah, for sure. I definitely have. I mean, there's been... Like, you don't have it written in front of you or anything. Yeah. You know, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have it written in front of me. Um, it's quite funny now, uh, sharing a podcast with someone after doing it for so fucking long, right? And so many facets of it. Like, before I even started doing a video a day, which I've communicated about why I did that on, on Facebook with my um, videographer passing, a good friend passing. So I did it sort of in his legacy, I would suggest. Um, so even from... Before that, I was doing uh, a post a day on Instagram, like Mindset Monday, mm-hmm. Training Tip Tuesday, all that kind of shit. And so it was just years and years of just like posting shit. Yeah. And for the sake of being like, uh, yes, I want to offer value, but more importantly, I need to learn how to actually communicate. Yeah. Like I need to, what am I trying to say with this? And so... There's and a difference between posting shit and shit posting. Yeah. yeah, and also like desensitizing myself with what I think other people might think. Yeah, and so you know, looking at that, and I know you put out shit ton of content over the years. Now it's mostly just memes about ADHD. <laughs> so, um, and thirsty calf pics. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> got to pay for those. Yeah. The ADHD memes are free. You got to subscribe. Uh, but that's it. Yeah, it's like an email list. Um, so you know, it, but there's I don't know what. There's 800, over 800 podcasts on this because I did a bunch of musings. A year of videos and then all the other stuff. There's there's two and a half thousand individual yeah, parts, wow. let alone writing for magazines and all that kind of stuff. So I guess, you know, a big part of that is um, having someone here in person. Is I've never had someone be like, oh, it's because you can remember because it's written down. I'm like, do you know how long it took me to actually be like, I should write this down? <laughs> It's not my strength. We're not here to bring out all those traumas, bro. It's, it's fine. <laughs> I just call, I call them patterns. Patterns, yeah. 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 It gives them less power. I call them me. spices. Spices. Yeah. <laughs> I, saw, I saw this meme and it was like, um, uh, it, I don't have, it was like a name of a, a Asian restaurant and when the meme was like, I don't have PTSD, I have spicy memories. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, oh, yeah. it's, we laugh, but it's difficult. Um, so anyway thank you for coming back on again I, I enjoyed uh, thank you for having me Dave yeah I enjoyed catching up with you last time um, that went live today which means nothing if you listen to this on any other day besides today mm. um, but uh, yeah we obviously have a couple more that we want to go through but today was discussing between us um, our own uh, evolution of how we coach um, I spend a lot of time now. I know you also play a role in this with nutrition certifications and similar, but mm. coach coaches as well, and I have for a long time. Um, but a big part of that is going well. How do we, you know, in our actually own coaching, um, or in helping other people become their own coaches, which is a whole other conversation. Actually, I think that's actually what I'm yeah, going to talk about: yeah. coaching and training. But um, is being able to go. How can we teach principles that people can take and integrate into their perception of coaching mm. rather than this is right and wrong? Mm. Um, 
uh, rules and roles is usually the term. So, um, so for you, how has that evolved over the years and how do you use that within your approach now? I think the largest difference to sum it up like really simply is that my coaching evolved from telling people what to do and forcing them of if you want to get X result, you need to do Y thing to now a place of, well, what do you want to do? Mm. And then I will figure out what to do along the way. Just the other day, I had someone complaining to me about how things are hard and they're difficult and she's getting ready for a competition and it's all, you know, it's, it, it is hard. You know, you're, you're eating less than what you need to be. You're putting yourself in a position where you've got low energy availability. Everything that could go wrong with your body is in an environment to go wrong. Mm-hmm. And so it's difficult, both mentally and physically. And in the past, I would have turned around and said things like, you know, it's, you've got you've to gotta just do this. Like, just see it through. You'll be fine. Okay, just follow, follow the process. Stick to the plan. Maybe we can change this. We can change that. Instead, this time, I turned around and I was like, well, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to. So you, you just answer the question for me. Do, do you want to do it or not? It's up to you. And you have a choice and each of those choices has consequences and you have to accept what those consequences are. I can tell you what they could be, but at the end of the day, it's up to you. Mm. And my coaching now has evolved into very much that. It's a case of, well, I'm not here to tell you what it is that you need to do. I'm here to listen and I can play a bit of a sounding board for you. But for the most part, you're going to tell you what you need to do. Mm -hmm. And my job is to just help you get there with the tools that I've got, if I can but you need to come up with your own decisions and I can help you to get that out of yourself if needed. I think as well, um, again, back when I started, it was, I was very focused on, well, how can I, how can I help people to get the result that they want? Mm. And these days, I now look at it more so than more, there's a result that they want and there's a result that they're telling me. Mm-hmm. And how do I work out the difference between that? Mm-hmm. And how do they work out the difference between that more mm-hmm. importantly as well? And so a lot of the coaching process now is revolved around, let's get really clear on why you're doing what you're doing and what you want to achieve out of this because there's a whole other aspect to what you're trying to embark on and what you're trying to achieve from that. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, it's, a, it's, less of a, it's less of a you need to do this exact thing and this will get you this exact result and more of a... There's so many different tools that I can throw at you that you can try and I want to figure out what's going to work well for you. But more importantly, you've got to figure out what's going to work well for you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and to not hold that as a black and white answer, right? Yeah. It's, it's a continual unfolding. Yeah. And so what that means is that what works well for you at 20 isn't what works well for you yeah. for multiple facets, not just your body and your mind, but your literally your life conditions mm. the environment you you know what's happening with work um family so many aspects that can go into mm. it and so you know the person being able to deepen and develop their own relationship with what that is for them over time um is one of the most powerful spaces that a coach can hold mm. for someone because then it's the person's unfolding not the coach's expectation of yeah. the result um now there's something you mentioned there about sort of there's going to be consequences regardless of how they yeah. choose. So I remember reading something years ago and it was like, you get to choose your actions, but you don't get to choose the consequences of your actions. Yeah. And I think that's a really powerful statement. I remember saying that to someone, it was actually Richard, who I did a podcast with just recently. This is years ago, I said that to him and he goes, well, that's not true. And it's like, you know, if, if you break the law, you know, you're going to probably go to jail. And I was at a time and I didn't really respond to it. And I was like, why didn't I? And I was like, I actually held this power thing. It's like, you know, this person's a bigger guy they've you know they're traveling to run seminars this mm. kind of stuff and i didn't actually challenge it at the time but that's a really good powerful example of that exact quote yeah is that i got to choose my response my action which i chose not to actually 
uh, I chose to want to be liked rather mm. than to be like, hang on a sec, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. Let's get clear on this. And I remember as well, um, and I love Richard, like we're great mates, but uh, I remember in a different aspect where someone's like, oh, but that's just semantics. It's like in relation to using different phrases to mean different things. Mm. And I'm like, well, you just use semantics to try and say that my semantics weren't... Yeah. <laughs> it can be really... Yeah, and yeah. So this is where a coach, a coach's job is to be there with people mm. rather than either for them or at them. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because uh, I, I personally have mapped out what I've experienced with coaching, training slash coaching, that's different industries. Mm. Um, but coaching... And it's, it really is stolen from um, the work that I've read up on when it comes to um, whether it's depth psychology or developmental psychology. And it's, it's also peppered through my study, um, through the coaching room and similar. But the, the main three stages that I see coaches move through, are, well, the first one's called concrete operational or rules and roles. Concrete meaning like it's either this or it's this. And this is a really easy way to think about it. When somebody, and I relate to this early on, somebody, excuse the, <laughs> the mechanics next door, they heard me knock. Um, early on, someone would say, you know, what's the correct way to deadlift? And I'm like, shins vertical, get tension mm. on your hamstrings, you know, squeeze your core or push your belly button or whatever it might be, suck your belly button, whatever it was, certain rules. Mm. Um, and then that's the right way to deadlift. So it's concrete. This is like, this is it. And sometimes the people will lean just hard on science for this as well. Now, that doesn't mean that that's wrong either. I think later on it's integrated differently. Mm. So this is actually what's known as a holarchy. So it's sort of like you develop through these stages, but you include the earlier stages. Mm. So we still need to know, <laughs> can you show me a squat? And the person shows me a really fucking shit squat. It's not wrong. Mm. It's just really inefficient. Yeah. And so, but if I said, can you show me a squat and they do a push up, I'm like, well, that's, I need to know the rules mm. and roles to go, well, that's not a squat. Yeah. I go, well, it's an arm squat. It's like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's not what we're doing here, right? So, um, in that circumstance, it's a really important stage and we can't transcend past that unless we go through that. The second stage is called formal operation. Um, and what this is, is really it's flexibility. And so an example, once again, is like, what's the right way to deadlift? And it's like, well, it depends. Mm. It's a common answer from someone at that stage. You go, well, it depends. And it's like, well, it depends on what? Well, it depends on your training age. It depends on your lever length. It depends on, you know, uh, injuries. It depends on goals. So it depends mm. on the best way to deadlift. Um, and so that flexibility allows... Uh, coaches and trainers to be able to take that lens that perception across the board with things mm. so it's like what's the best what's the best training for weight loss it's like well, fuck it depends mm. we know it depends you go well science says this it's like yeah but I'm not looking at necessarily at science I'm looking at a person mm. and I'm talking to them based upon all their life conditions so I need to take that on board but still meet the person where they're at mm. and then the later stage is called vision logic um, which at this point the question you know this is like futuristic um, in, in nature, but also being able to apply um, a present a presencing to the current situation as well. And so what that really means for this is uh, the person goes, what's the best way to deadlift? Um, what's the right way to deadlift? And the coach goes, why do you want to deadlift? Hmm. And it's not to be like trying to be Socrates, 
it's going. <laughs> what it, is the meaning of the deadlift? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to deadlift or not? <laughs> is it really a deadlift if you're alive? Um, so it's if not. If I deadlift in the woods and there's no one here to hear it, did I really deadlift? Yes, if there's Instagram. So it's not so much that it's going. What's it on behalf of the person? And then goes, well, I, I want to get stronger. It's like great. So what does stronger look like for you? Like how will you know you're stronger? Mm-hmm. And they go, oh, then, you know, if I deadlift and I get stronger, it means the numbers will go up. It's like, great. What will that give you that you don't already have? It's like, oh, I, I'm like, I, you know, it, I guess it just means I get to, I, I really want to play with my kids more. And it's like, great. So at the end of the day, it's not saying you shouldn't deadlift. It's going, what is the cognitive, like, equation that this person has created in their mind? If I lose weight, then I'll be happy, right? Mm-hmm. Or if I deadlift, then I'll, I'll, if I get stronger on a bar, then I'm going to be, be able to play with my kids I more. can deadlift my kids yeah yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> a live lift my kids <laughs> so but it's the kind of thing there where it's actually they're the stage that I've seen people grow through mm. from a coach but you can't start with the first one no no definitely not I find that second one is quite interesting because in that flexibility stage and I've noticed this with myself uh, as well as with other people when you're in that stage of kind of questioning of well you know should we? I don't know. Okay, well, you could deadlift or, well, you know, we could do it this way, we could do it that way, who knows? Um, There's this kind of disconnect between the ability to make that conscious decision of like, okay, well, we could, we could not, we could do this way, we could do that way, but what way is right? And I find that you'll still get stuck in that that process sometimes. I think there might be, and you know, this is this is all very new information to me. But my brain's just going, well, maybe there's a bit of a continuum over that flexibility scale of if I'm on and my head's going, okay, well, color chart. We're starting in the yellow and we're going towards the red, and you know, it's, it's green on both ends. Yeah. So the yellow on the left side is like, well, there could be different ways of this, and and I don't want to tell you which way it could be, but I feel like I should be saying something. But now I have this feeling of inferiority because I can't you know, give you an answer mm. and I might not be doing the service that I want. And then the other end of the spectrum is like, there's an, there's an answer there, but is my cognitive bias leaning more towards mm. this answer than another? And so I think being able to recognize that, there's probably something in there of like seeing where you fit in that continuum to how close you are to that level of like going to that final stage. Mm. Yeah, so the, the terminology is, is like uh, emerging and late stage. And so it's more like waves. Yeah, right. And so um, from a, a you know, developmental psychology component, uh, especially with Wilbur's work, Ken Wilbur, which I've met, talked about mm. heaps, there's there's lines uh, of intelligence, there's levels, there's stages, and then there's waves. And so waves are basically, um, you know, we will fl- fluctuate throughout any given day. We have a bandwidth, so to speak. Mm. And over years, that's what it means. It, you see that as like a wave. And that's, that's actually... Um, when people talk about success not being a straight line or it's not, you know, um, as simple as going, you know, here's my goal and I've just got one straight line towards it. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually looks significantly more like waves. And so, yeah, so we see like, for example, the first time a coach is like, ah, fuck, I've got, this is what a deadlift should look like. You're not, ah, what's wrong with this? Mm-hmm. And so that's that person frustration which is usually a precursor to learning the person being like fuck what are we maybe that's not so there's a questioning and that's the early stage it's emerging of being like fuck i need some flexibility with this because it's not fit this person is not fitting into the framework that this textbook told me um and so there is that bandwidth that you're talking about which is really important i'm glad you you you're seeing that because it needs to be going 
a certain level of self-awareness of like, am I putting my own bias onto this? Mm. Um, so they go, you know, I want to get stronger. It's like, right, well, let's get a barbell out. I mean, that's a bias. And the industry has a massive barbell bias. Um, and so it doesn't mean we shouldn't use it as a tool, but it's the question of how often we may use it compared yeah. to something else. Um, and then being able to have that bandwidth to be able to go, at the end of the day, here's a really fucking solid deadlift, barbell deadlift. I don't care how tall you are. At some point, you're going to pick something up at that height. Yeah. So let's make sure you're comfortable getting into positions to be able to do so um, rather than being so anti where you're like, Fuck, don't touch a barbell. You know, that's ridiculous. You don't, you don't never touch a barbell mm. outside of here. So you never touch it. It's just like, well, uh, that's not this massive disregard for your client's ability to adapt to an external stimulus. Yeah. And I think that's also dangerous as well. So, um, so yeah, there needs to be that continuum of um, gray mm. in the approach or yellows. I like the colors better. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that. Um, to me, it also speaks of like a, a, a black belt mentality, right? But once you get to that final stage, everything then opens up and you realize how much more there is to learn. But in the early stages, you're going, well, I'm overwhelmed with all the information. Uh, I, I need to just pull myself in a line a little bit and know where I stand in the hierarchy of things. Mm. Okay, my blues are the next step up. But then, you know, you go from that white to the blue and you're like, I know this shit now. You know, I, I get it. I'm no, longer, I'm no longer the new kid that's here anymore. And then you've got this kind of area in between of all the other colors that you can, you can sit in. And each level kind of dictates how you feel about yourself, how you feel about your abilities, what you learn, what, what, you, what you can take away. But it's still not quite at that last point yet where you can look back and go, oh, cool. Now I understand from all these different levels what I've learned, how I can apply those things. And now because I've got that knowledge, it's like the whole um, knowledge, intelligence, wisdom thing as well, right? So now, now I get that. I can go into a space of understanding that it's how we apply that mm. and what that means and in what situations can we learn from that we can apply things in different ways, knowing the basics of things. Um, yeah, that's... So my words for these three stages uh, is student, scholar, sage. Yeah. So knowledge, intelligence, wisdom, right? Um, and so that's where... We bounce off each other so well, don't yeah, we? Yeah. Funny, <laughs> You're so, like my thesaurus. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> I believe you called me a dinosaur. Um, it's a Theseus. <laughs> uh, um, and the reason why that also is is because this is a holarchy, and what that means is that you, you, you know, the terminology is you transcend and include what, and that's what happens when you go from a white to a blue belt. You don't forget in the white belt that was that's a necessary stage, and so the reason why I was student scholar sage is that um, you're always the student. You're never not the student, mm. and so um, and if anything, the the, the student is um, more empowering. So yeah, with Alpha Theta, the other brand, the other business that I have that runs the retreats and all the coach training and mind body training, the the tagline for that is the wider the base, the higher the peak, and that's what we're really looking at with this. The more the more that you're a student, the further reach you have, yeah. um, and then the further reach down you can do. Um, to help the student you once were in, in many other people. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that's exactly what it is. Um, and it's, it's, it's a really good way to look at it from the belt perspective, which reminded me of, um, I don't know of the chess player's name. Uh, Tim Ferriss interviewed him for one of his books, Tools of Titan, Tribe of Mentors. Is it the guy that trained his kids? 
Oh, maybe. He, he had these daughters that he made like world champion chess players by the time they were like eight. I'm not too sure. I don't think it was this guy. I think this guy was his own chess player. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and uh, the story goes, he was um, fighting, probably, for his life. No, um, he was uh, in competition playing his um, a grandmaster, right? And uh, he did a rookie move and lost the game, and there was a grandmaster watching. And so you have to beat a grandmaster in order to be a, to beat one, right? Mm-hmm. You have to beat one before you become a grandmaster of chess. And um, one of the guys that was watching. Um, gave the feedback to him afterward. He's like, mate, like, um, you have to be a grandmaster before you're a grandmaster. Like, you have to be mm. it before you get. You can't be like, here's your black belt, now become it. Yeah, you're a black belt. You embody that, not because like I'm a black belt, because I'm a fucking student forever, mm. right? Uh, and I'm willing to continue to give back as I learn and beyond. So that was one of the things that's like, I can't wait for someone to give me this external tag and then I somehow become it, which so many people can get stuck doing as well. It's like, no, I have to be this. I have to embody this. Mm. And then I get that tagline, right? You don't get called a legend of a sport and then you become the legend. Yeah. And so it was, um, it was a really important shift with this. It's like, for coaches or maybe people in their career looking forward as well, where where do you see yourself in 10 years? What type of coach do you see yourself being in 10 years? What type of leader? Because you, you already are a leader uh, in whatever facet you're in. Even self-leadership. Who is that person and how do you become them now? I don't know if you're asking me. <laughs> well, it's, it's worth considering, yeah. right? So how do you become them? Mm. Um, it's like, oh, I've got to get this qualification. I've got to get this. It's like, what's the person that I'm actually talking to? What, what, what do I need to... Uh, what kind of... How would the person with the qualification show up in the world? Mm-hmm. What do I need to show that if I was to have this qualification, how would I be presenting myself? If I was to be this type of coach, what's the person that I become along the way of becoming that type of coach? And once you have that idea of who it is that you want to be or, or what you want to achieve, looking at what needs to happen in terms of like objective kind of gains is, isn't really going to help all that much. No, it's more going, yeah. you know, like how, what would what would a person in this environment need to show up as to be this way? Yep. If I want to study medicine and I want to be a doctor, what kind of things would I need to be like? You know, what, what are doctors like? I would need to be quite pedantic with my study. I need to be quite organized with my schedule. It's not saying that all doctors are like that. It's saying for me to make that happen, that's how I would need to be. It's how I'd want to see myself. Mm. Um, I'm not that, so I'm never going to be a doctor. <laughs> so yeah. I'm kind of like, cool, I don't, I don't want to embody those things. But when we see how we want to be, it's like, what's the, what's the person that I can become? What traits will I need to grow and exhibit? Yeah, and to take yourself seriously. Yeah. And so that's where it's like I'm a studying doctor. Yeah, right? yeah. And so it's not a matter of trying to be, you know, funny with once again my semantics or mm. you know, trickery of my words or something like that. It's like no, that's that's what I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm a studying doctor. Uh, I'm in my first year, and that's where I'm going. Mm. And so all of a sudden, you can start really building these uh, years of experience. And it's one of the challenges that people will lean on this idea of like, oh, how many years have you worked in the industry? I think we had this conversation recently. Yeah. And it's like I've got ten years experience. It's like, do you have ten years experience? Or do you have one year experience yeah. 10 times? Yeah. Which one's better? Well, it depends. So, um, but I think that's a really important point of going like, 
you know, if you want to be the grandmaster in whatever it is, mm. you first have to be. Yeah, you just show up as it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, and it's not about necessarily manifesting or something like that. No. It, it's called embodying. Um, and so you, you live and breathe it. Mm. That's what you do, and it's part of who you are. Um, so, yeah, I think that comes back down to principles and what we end up having is is an industry that are using principles that are integrated with who they are and how they're showing up rather than just a fucking industry of bots mm. with rules and roles about how things should be done. Mm. I, I get I get quite frustrated now, um, which is weird because not a lot of things piss me off anymore. So one thing that I've noticed that really grinds my gears a little bit. <laughs> it really grinds my gears, Dave. All right, Peter. <laughs> um, when I see videos of... Uh, someone performing a certain type of lift let's say it's a, a seated row and there's a tick next to it and then there's another type of lift and it's the same seated row oh, but it's in right. a different way and there's a cross next to it and I look at that and I'm like well like maybe but dependent on what okay it's what are you trying to achieve the way that I do a row now is very very different from a way that I would used to do a row five ten years ago and that was different before then. It's not because I, I know any more or know any different. It's that I'm trying to achieve a different thing and mm. I've got more awareness over something. So I think less of this, you know, right versus wrong and more of a, how do we apply it? Mm. You know, what, what, do we, what do we need to know in order to apply this in different ways? You know, am I trying to apply this movement to strengthen my kinetic chain somehow? What am I trying to do with it? Am I trying to just isolate a certain part of my lats if I can do that? You know, what's the, what's the purpose behind mm. this movement? Rather than a, this is how you do it. This is what's in my Anat and Fizz book versus oh well because it's not this then it's wrong mm. um there's a line of like a quote or whatever there's no bad positions mm. just untrained ones mm. and Ido portal um you familiar with Ido portal no he's like one of the original movement that's a really guys. sick name yeah i think he's iranian yeah he could be iran i think he's iranian um Someone listening to this would be like, of course it's Iranian. I don't know why. I'm sorry if you said that and then you sound like that. Jesus Christ. Obviously. I literally have the power to edit this and I'm not going to edit it. So um, he's one of the original and it's phenomenal watching him move, like, you know, doing squats on the outside of his feet, Mm. right? So he's part, like the palms of his feet. David, look at my hands. The soles of his feet, soles Mm. of my hands um, are facing each other as he goes down and squats, right? Mm. And so um, the the key thing there is going, there's there's only untrained positions. Um, And I guess gymnasts and so forth are Mm. good examples of that. Um, Contortionists and so forth. But it's not about that. Let's grab that rule and apply it to everyone. Yeah. We then have to go back to someone's life conditions and going, well, what, what... what is it you want to hear? Mm. How, how does this one hour in the gym help positively impact your 23 hours outside mm. of here? How does it fit in with your life rather than become it? Mm. And if it becomes it, like I spoke about embodying, so be it. That's how, you know, gymnasts or high, high um, sports performers or um, bodybuilders and that kind of stuff, sure, crossfitters, but that becomes that becomes their art. Yeah. That becomes their their life's work. Um, and if, if, it's, if it's meant to help support your life work compared mm. to being your life work then that's okay yeah um, then in that case it's learning to fucking be in your body and learning yeah. how to use your body like you were just talking about mm. rather than simply going even though the anatomy book's great and it's mm. important obviously um, but all advancements are done outside of the rules mm. if all we do is exist mm. within the rules then nothing gets advanced 
I think it's you brought up a good point there with like when athletes get to that level and they embody it and I think I see a lot these days of people getting to that position and there's a lot of there's a lot of information out that will talk now about how that can be detrimental it's too obsessive and my argument to that would be well again on what what if it's helping somebody and i'm saying this for anyone that could be listening that has this kind of mentality of i want to be the best in something that i'm doing and Mm -hmm. and how do i how do i get myself into that level without this feeling of like oh is that too is that too cocky is that too arrogant should i be doing should i really be doing this i don't want to feel my australian tool poppy self with doing Mm -hmm. this How, how do i embody that without feeling bad about it well you can it's okay so long as it's you know being of benefit for you and sure I've gotten to the point where with any sport that I've done to achieve at a decent level I've had to be obsessed with it and when I'm in it I love it because it makes me feel great having that level of obsession if someone wants to tell me oh it's it's bad because you're obsessed why like I, I'm feeling very fulfilled with it and I can balance the other things in my life with it but I, I enjoy being that level of hyper fixated on something if it starts taking away from areas of your life well, absolutely it's probably something that you can look at unless it's a conscious choice of going I'm obsessed with this thing that I'm doing I'm really embodying the character that I'm going to become and that I am becoming that I already am that I can see myself you know picking up all these traits and I'm choosing to maybe push this, this, and this aside for a little bit because it's my conscious choice. I'm mm. doing it for a reason. Um, I think that there's there's probably a lot of people that would kind of get to a point where they're wanting to embody it, but there's hesitation because they're worried about... And we could maybe talk about this today or another time. We're worried about that balance and they're worried about, well, if I do this, then like it's so different to who I am. And it's like, well, that, that's the point. Like what you're trying to embody needs to be different from how you are already because you're not going to, as you said, like you're not going to grow otherwise. No. Parts, in order to move forward, parts mm. of you have to die off. Mm. That's, um, and, and usually there's a grief, literally a grief. In yeah. We can talk about that another time because um, there's probably a lot of people listening to this and I have been and probably am really if I'm honest one of these people as well where I look mm. ahead and I'm like fuck what is it I really want to do with where I'm at right now yeah. and I'm like in order to do that there's a part of me that has to die off yeah. part of me that has to I have to close that chapter mm. and move forward and um, commonly people think about that being like I have owned my gym for 11 and a half years so I'm yeah. like oh is that the chapter he's going to close it's like no the gym's an extension of me mm. I'm talking about a personal identity or yeah. I'm talking about a belief structure that's probably keeping me mm. um, underperforming in certain areas and stuff like mm. that they're the parts and I'll finish on this um, do, you want, do you want to talk about that today? I've got a lot I can talk about on that or do you want to save that for another let's time? let's save it yeah, yeah. Um, we'll finish because it's been half an hour yeah, 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 yeah. but let's let's mark that down so Oscar Achizo 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 sounds so much I, more cheddar yeah it does <laughs> Yeah, he, uh, he was one of the forefathers of the Enneagram, really. Is he, is he Swiss? He's, um... Come on, get the pun. Fuck. No, he's no. not. I don't know. No? No. I got it, though. Yeah, good. Yeah, I, I, just, want, I think, just wanted the acknowledgement. I was trying to think of something else, yeah. though. I'm like, is he... What's, what's another Bree? one? No, I think he's from Yalsburg. Oh, no. He might be Old um, English. <laughs> old yeah. English. That's from... Just orange. <laughs> from from Orange and fits well on myself. Oh, man. <laughs> So he he's been quoted saying, um, "Suffering is the last people, uh, lasting people let go of." And more often than not, it's worth looking at ourselves and being like, "Fuck, what am I holding on to that's mm. not serving me? That actually it's tied to my identity." It might be that that's holding us back. But yes, let's let's write that down. Let's talk mm. about that um, next time. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I think it's good.
Kyle, thank you again. My pleasure, Dave. Thanks so much for having me. Hope we've uh, gone over some good topics tonight, and I hope that everything that we've spoken about can be something that anyone's inspiring coach or is getting to a certain level can can benefit from and can just you know trigger a couple of thoughts and to think about what you're doing with your your own coaching career and where it's heading. Yeah, and this is um, obviously our, our focus was coaching, but this is the people mm. space. This is it's regardless of it. it, it permeates industries rather than simply just whether you're training or coaching someone mm-hmm. so that's great guys if you enjoyed the episode then please like subscribe and share it with a friend grab a, you can grab a copy of my book mining yourself online or in stores uh, if you're interested in learning more about the fuck I don't run the inner game in the coach circle anymore I've still got it written <laughs> you down you still learn about it well I you guess. can learn about it but <laughs> I, I've got I've actually got my own uh, uh, group called the round table that, that I, I run personally with that now so anyway you can see that at alphathetaflow.com. Uh, if you want to find out more about Kyle and what he does, you can find him at the Physique Coach AU on Instagram. Delightful. Um, but that's it for me. Thanks, Dave. Pleasure. Big love. Peace and pizza. We'll see you soon.